everybody and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. With all the, the fun and games, let's call them, going on around the world at the moment, we didn't get a podcast out last week, so we're, we're here now. Um, even though it's a week ago, us losing to Atletico Madrid seems a long time ago and a, a lot's happened since then. And the importance of that loss and the, the pain of that loss has been somewhat numbed by other events around the world, which I'm sure we will spill into as we go forward here um, on the pod. But joining me uh, first up in the Netherlands, I got told off for calling Holland earlier on, so it's the Netherlands, is Beryl Akis. Beryl, how are you this evening? I'm, I'm well, thank you. Quarantined and well. That's good to hear. Uh, no doubt we'll get into uh, into it a little bit further in the pod when when we go as to as to how things are in in, in uh, Central Europe and uh, so on. I've certainly got my experiences here in South America. Uh, and second up, join us as well as always, Dave Dunning in Belfast. Dave, how are you? <clears throat> uh, yes, hiya. Um, I just want to make it clear um, that I was the one who corrected Dave and not Beryl. Um, <laughs> You know, I'm sorry, so, Dave. In, in Portuguese, it's Holanda. So uh, it, it's my go-to. Uh, if that's you were, good. Uh, <laughs> that's good. I've just been told that so many times in an angry and upset fashion by a number of Dutch people. That, uh, so I've, I've learned I've, I've the hard way. I have my usual disclaimer up my sleeve, so uh, all's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm fine, I guess. Under the circumstances. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. It's really, really, really strange. It's really well, I'm strange. I'm going to do something really fucking weird here now. I'm going to talk about the Atletico Madrid game. Because yeah, do you know, before you do that, though, Dave, I just want to say it's it's mental here because I don't actually know how bad it is because I went to work this morning and I was like, oh, my God, it's like a fucking ghost town. There's no one about and we're not even on official lockdown. And then I remembered it's Paddy's. Yep. So... This bears no reflection. St. Patrick's Day to you non-Irish, by the way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this, this, this bears absolutely no reflection to real life on the 17th of March mm. in the best of times. So I don't fucking know, man. Uh, let's call them interesting times, Dave. And, and, and no doubt, you know, sadly, this podcast will spill into that topic. It's, it's going there. There's no two ways about it. But going to try my very best to start it with football because that's basically what we're here for even though football just seems so immaterial so nothing at this moment in time um uh, i think where the game goes to after this is is is, is a good topic also to, to discuss but we went out of europe dave um in a less than spectacular fashion um i it's really hard to to, to criticize really anywhere uh, for that that exit of Europe, we played an exceptional game and shit the bed in the last couple of minutes, basically in, in in injury time. Up until that point, we had been completely and utterly outstanding. I thought, uh, and one of the best performances of the season. We lost at three two, but the moment that goal went in, I think I don't know whether I don't know whether what was coming behind had ha, it was having an effect or, or or whatever. But my my the, the thing that that most strongly sticks in my memory was the inability of, of, of that team that we have seen conquer everything to find its feet again after that away goal. The first away goal, the second w- was done. And, you know, maybe it, it's tiredness and where we are at that, that stage of the season, I think, comes into play with it and and, and so on, um, that we just didn't have, or, or was it the goal that just completely took the wind out of the sails? 
But for whatever reason, we lost the game 3 2. We're, we're out of Europe. To be honest, we were basically out at 2 1. So it makes little odds. But, you know, there are questions to be asked as well whether this will even matter, whether it will be a resumption of the Champions League, whether there'll be a resumption of the league. Let, let, let's talk about the game for, for what it's worth. So the game itself, um, the tie itself, absolutely fucking absurd that Atletico Madrid got through that, that round. It's absurd. The first game were by far the better side. They score from a freak uh, set piece. Um, the second leg, I, I do not buy this shit that that Simeone got it right and Simeone's tactics worked. Oh, you're you're spot Simeone, on on that. Absolutely. Isn't Simeone Absolutely. a tactical genius? No, we dominated them. We pulled them apart. We picked them apart. 34 shots, we, Dave. 34 shots. Yeah, and we're not against talking Against a defensive like, team. Yeah, and we're not talking about shots from like, you know, 15, 20, 25 yards out. We're talking about good chances. We're talking about chances that we should score. It would be no exaggeration to say we leave that game, particularly the second leg, uh, 4-0, 5-0 winners. Certainly over the the... The 90 minutes, the, the the opening 90 minutes, we're absolutely excellent. We're superb. I think our wastefulness in front of goal has cost us. And essentially, a goalkeeper that saved all the shots that he should have saved mm-hmm. and kicked all of the balls where he should have kicked them. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, if you remember again, we can talk about the goalkeepers if we really, really want to. No, but Dave, there's honestly, I don't feel that there's a point. Let's so let, let, let's be complete. Just a moment, just a moment, just a moment. I always, for some reason, see symmetry in football and parallels in football. And I don't know if you remember, and I don't know if anybody's talked about this, but do you remember in the first leg when All Black miskicked the ball, it kicks it straight to Salah, and we're two on one. Salah miscontrols the ball that badly that it's passed. He probably controls it 15 yards ahead of himself and the centre half manages to nip in and get it and clear it away. That's a two-on-one scenario with him and Firmino. We likely score from that scenario. And that one poor touch is so different than what Adrian does. Adrian plays that pass, could play it anywhere else, straight to that, straight to whoever it was. I don't know. I can't remember now. It's a good first touch and they take the ball and then he should save the shot. But that's there, there's the two differences in a nutshell, you know. The keeper that saves the shots that he should save and the keeper that doesn't. And the centre forward or the attacking player who takes advantage of the same mistake that another set of attacking players did not. And there, in my mind, is where the tie is won and lost. Dave, my, my view on that is we had our second keeper out. And he's taken a lot of pelters. Unnecessary, in my opinion. Your second keeper is never going to be elite. You know, you, we have an elite goalkeeper who is injured. What comes behind him is not an elite level. And you have to factor in maybe, you know, the odd mistake here and there. Uh, he's been very good for us this season when, when called upon. We, I don't think we should have any complaints about him. He's been very good. And this is the problem and the difference between elite and just a decent keeper. Yeah, he's, he's put us, he's, essentially he's the reason we're out of two cup competitions yep. after the Chelsea game. And... If Allison plays those two games, then I'm fairly certain that we we qualify and we don't highlight the issues of the the front three and their you know lack of clinicality, if that's even a word, in front of goal. So 
you know, it is what it is. The performance is brilliant, particularly second leg, and they soccer punches, and they get it's they get lucky. They get lucky. They get a lucky, lucky win. We let them. We give them an opportunity to get a lucky win because the the, the game and the tie should be out of sight, and it ain't. And we keep them. We keep them in the game. They don't keep themselves in the game. We keep them in the game. And if you keep a team like that in a game for long enough. There is a chance that they they're not find bad a way players, is what you're saying, Dave. They're decent. They're players. fucking good side. They're good side. They're experienced. They 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 play that same sort of passion driven, you know, fueled football that we do. And when they need to knuckle down and they have something to fight for and something to something to scrap for and and dig their heels in for, they know how to do it. It's what they know how to do. They best. thrive exactly, and they did. And they came through that. And they seemed to thrive in the atmosphere as well, Dave. I don't, know if you, I don't remember if you recall. It was about two, three months ago. It was before the draw for the last 16. And I was advocating. I think it's time for us to, 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 to face up the Atletico Madrid and, you know, expel or dispel the myth that, that they're unbeatable and we shouldn't be looking at them. And I, I look like an idiot today. <laughs> well... Like I say, Dave, I don't, I don't necessarily think so because I think if you play that, if you play those two games, you know, another twenty times, I think we win the majority of them. We certainly, we certainly go through seventy-five, eighty percent of the time, and the statistics will, the statistics will suggest that as well. So, you know, they're not better than us. We just let we we give them an opportunity to beat us, and they they took it. So it's our own fault. We're out. Um, it's and it's not because we played badly. It's because we were poor in both boxes simple as we were poor in both boxes we did everything up to that point we gave a few chances away which they managed to score because per set piece defender and a goalkeeper who's doing all kinds of crazy stuff and the guys at the other end of the pitch don't put the ball in the net as many times as they should and that's that's where we are and that's why we're out and it's not because we're a bad team we're still the best team in Europe Atletico Madrid will not win that competition. If we go through the tie, there's a likelihood we do win that competition. So it is what it is. And it's a sorry state of affairs, I feel, because this team should be going on to win more. But as a, as Arrigo Sacchi once said, football is the most important thing of all the least important things. That's kind of where we are right now. Um, no, I hear you. You know, it was a, it was a, it was a tale of two goalkeepers. One was excellent, one wasn't. But Beryl, for for yourself, and you know, I touched on it and Dave there, and, and and he didn't really pick up on it. But I would like to pick up on it with you. And and my own feeling was, as I said previously, that once that goal went in, it was our heads seemed to go down. That's something that we haven't seen with that group of players. They've been so brilliant and they've reacted so well to everything thrown at them. And you know, if they go behind, they look like they're going to lose. They find a way to win. And this was the first time, really, that they didn't find, and especially the 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 the, the size of the game. It was a huge game where you you, you know they, they scored, and I kind of expect us to go on and score again, if you know what I mean. And, and in reality, it never really looked like we were going to score after they after they got themselves that goal. It looked like it after the two two. That that that's that's for certain. But um, uh, I remember. Van Alden being being fouled and and the uh, the referee not not giving the foul and then you know we were all over the place and and uh, Henderson who was I think excellent uh, especially when you uh, 
um, think uh, when you when you uh, realized that that he hadn't been playing for for quite a while, he, he was uh, excellent, and and we were you know well into the extra time, and uh, and and he and 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 Gomez and, and anyone else involved, and and not least uh, Adrian didn't good, look good at the 2-2 and then you know it was all over because we needed to score twice and I still had hope uh, I, I don't know if you remember our uh, our, uh, our 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 group chat was was exploding at that point but you know I, yes, I was I, still I, over I think was the word I used that's it yeah over. <laughs> and I, I really really believed we still could could score twice against these because you know um, um, the, the goal because we made Firmino the chances scored, through the game yeah, and and and, and the gaps were opening up because they couldn't uh, they couldn't be as close to each other as they had been uh, across the ninety. But uh, you know, at the two two, it was it was clearly it was it was over, and we didn't have uh, any creativity left and any belief left, and that was uh, and and I didn't think it it helped to to have uh, a Virgil up top and and lumping the ball forward to him. So uh, we, we didn't play the game we we had been playing up to that point. So. Yeah, I actually uh, find that very bizarre that that Van Dijk was thrown forward. Don't get me wrong; it's not that he did anything badly, but but really, it, it, is is that what we you know you'd already thrown Origi on? You know, there, there's the old uh, saying in English: "Too many cooks spoil the broth." You know, uh, Klopp said afterwards that they just couldn't play uh, the way they had been playing uh, up to that point uh, anymore. That, that, that the legs had gone. So you know that, that's probably what, what what what's behind that um, decision. But it, it didn't help. It didn't work. Um, but you know, as 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 Dave said bef- before, uh, it was yeah, it was it was a, a very good performance. I, I I thoroughly enjoyed how we played. There was just uh, you know uh, one thing lacked, and that was the second goal. And and we didn't give them any chances, and we we throttled them. We 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 we, we you know we dominated them. It was reminiscent of the Leicester game, of the Sheffield United game, uh, two of the games I think we played. Uh, um, uh, you know, Leicester away and Sheffield United at home that are our two best games uh, of this season. I think we were we were excellent, uh, and not not everybody in the team was excellent, but the team as 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 a whole was excellent, and we played very well. And and Adrian didn't have any mistakes during that ninety. And and if we had taken our chances, and I think. Um, Oblak did very well, but you know the the, the chance that that, that Rubbo had, uh, and yeah, he's he's not a natural goal scorer, of course. But you know, if if he had uh, just done the easy thing and put the ball in the net instead of uh, on on the bar, um, we would have uh, won two nil. As as I uh, and and I believe Neil also had uh, had um, um, had imagined we would. Um, it, it was. A bit strange to see to to uh, to lose all belief after we, we we got sucker punched, but um, you know it was it was coming. I think uh, this this team has been playing on such a high level and and with such willpower and with such energy and such intensity for such a long while that at one point it's it's probably something that uh, you can't muster yourself to do anymore. And uh, and this was this was that moment. They, they do, were. Do, do you feel? Do you feel maybe that you know the sequence of results going into that game? They're all was were, were quite different to what we'd been experiencing. You know, win, 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 win. That's, that's all we saw. And did, do you think of that maybe 
was was a contributory factor somewhere down the line. You know, we'd, we'd lost in Madrid, we'd lost then um, at at Watford, albeit in the cup, it wasn't a full squad. But you know, the culture of winning does that culture of losing then detract from their ability to recover in that game? Do you think it works both ways? I think uh, we we had a very good performance, and I think that performance was. Because we uh, had had seen that, you know, if we play even 90% of our level, then it's not enough. We, we need to be at 100%. Uh, we got away with it against Norwich, but, you know, they are Norwich. But we didn't get away even against Watford. And we, we, we got, you know, we got thoroughly beaten by them. And um, and we got soccer punched again at at their ground, at, at Atletico's ground, the Wanda Metropolitano, I believe it's called, our performance didn't uh, didn't lack any belief or something like that. But uh, I, you might be right that we knew we weren't invincible anymore. Uh, when we got that uh, away goal, um, it, 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 it did seem to, to demoralize uh, a couple of players uh, in, in the team. I believe when Alam got taken off at the half of extra time, yeah, his face was was very telling. He was he didn't believe that we could turn it around anymore, and that's probably what what the other players also thought. So yeah, it's you know there's there's an an end to every good thing, and um, it, uh, I didn't think we deserved this. We deserved to lose against Watford, but we really didn't deserve to to lose this tie. Uh, over over 210 minutes against uh, Atletico, but you know it, it happens, and, and and this is why this all, all of these these analyses, uh, so-called analyses, that you know only uh, fixate on on the outcome, the result that happened, and and then say that Simeone got things right, it are are you know essentially stupid because we we dominated them in any every uh, every part of the of the game. Uh, at their ground as well as on our ground uh, over 210 minutes okay let's let's take out the, the last 15 minutes uh, which you know we didn't dominate anymore but up until that point we were uh, we we were thoroughly deserving on, on on beating them and you know it happens it's it's again it's a low scoring game luck plays a role all sorts of coincidences play a role and and they certainly did at this point but you know we, we left them that that margin that they could uh, exploit by not scoring our goals and by not being clinical in our own box as well. So, yeah, it's, uh, I I could I wasn't I was sad to lose, but uh, I wasn't um, you know uh, I, I remember losing and 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 being demoralized myself because you know I I thought in those instances that we deserved to lose, but this time we didn't. So. Yeah, uh, I'll take heart from it. And, and little really did we know, Dave, that, uh, you know, like, and it was demoralizing. What, what Beryl said there is absolutely correct. Uh, you know, to me, that felt like the end of the world, that loss, um, given the fact how, how, how good we were in it. But it only took us really to reach around Friday before it just all began to feel just like, well, football really don't matter here anymore. This is, this shit's beginning to get out of control. Then we have our leagues being shut down. Um, you know, the first thing was we're going to play games behind closed doors. It, it never even came to that. It never got to that. Such was the the explosion of the of the problem of coronavirus. Um, and 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 here we are, so to speak, because we are now in limbo. There, we're in limbo land. We don't know what's going to happen. Will the league be finished? 
Um, and, and, and let's let's be clear, we're 25 points ahead in this league. If 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 the league were to come back when it's scheduled to on the 3rd of April, the 5th of April, we play Man City, where we can win the league in one game. Now, my own personal opinion is I don't see us playing any football in April, uh, and I may be wrong on that. And and let's be let's be clear to, to the listeners of this pod as well. Nobody knows. Nobody has the idea. These are only what we our guts are telling us because it changes minute by minute, and probably even by the time this podcast comes out, something will have changed with it. But as we stand at the moment, Dave Nolan Void, those words like they just fill me with dread. Um, and I know there's a very very serious situation. Um, that we're in. Uh, I, I, I don't know where you stand on, on this one. Um, my own opinion is I want to see the league, and I don't care if the, the Euros have gone today, obviously. Copa America, I expect to, to follow suit. Um, I couldn't care less whether the Champions League gets played out. Quite frankly, moving teams around Europe, uh, even the neutral venues at the minute, is not sufficient, in my view, as it would stand at the minute. And I don't see a scenario, in my own opinion, coming anytime soon where that can happen either. Um, I don't see the, the, the Champions League being finished. I could be completely wrong on that. But I do see the league being finished. Where, what's your thoughts on this one? So I think at this very point in time, if I'm going to be really frank with you, um, I don't really care. It's the farthest thought from my mind right now. The issue... See, I don't think, the problem is, and, and the thing with this, it is a very, very, very serious business. But... You know, we will get through this as a race of people. We have got through most of the things, and, and don't get me wrong; it'll be it'll, it'll be at a cost. There's no there's no two ways. Life, business, life as we know it will will, will change. Football is a game for the masses, and and it and in some ways you could say that if you go back to Roman times, it controls the masses, and it it will have to come back in in, in some form, given its, its global status, and and I think. You know, I know we're a bit previous about talking about it and so on. Clearly, you 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 you're you're not thinking along those lines at the moment. I think maybe with me, I'm thinking along the lines. You know, coronavirus will pass eventually, and what will what? Maybe a better question might be, what will matter then? Yeah. So I think I think the fact the fact remains is that it's going to be a very very different reality we're living in once we come out the other side of this. I think looking at the global markets, you know, is uh, a bloodbath is a, a bloodbath. It's, fair, like using, it's, like, it's like using the term picnic at the minute. It's not really quantifiable. Um, and listen, if there's two, we've, essentially we've got what we've got is we've got two options. We can, if we're just going to talk strictly about the football, we can either finish the season or sorry, we've got three options essentially. We can finish the season, we can scrap the season, or we can end the season as it is now. Now, the fact remains that it's all going to be speculation because we can't really identify what the solution is going to be because we don't have a timeline on the events in front of us. Yes, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be a solution if this is blown over by like maybe the end of May, start of June, that, you know what, we'll finish the season in the summer when the Euros would have happened and the Euros are just going to have to get moved or maybe maybe relocated or I don't know, and, and we make room for it somewhere. They make room for so much additional football these days. You know, yes, it, but it's it seems they've to... reached breaking point, Dave, and this has really highlighted 
how much at breaking point football was with with games and competitions, one hundred percent, and international competitions as well. Because say the Copa America is still to be cancelled, but I expect it fully to be. Yeah, and again, it it depends what what time of the year as well that we you know if this hasn't if this hasn't if this is not Dave, over, if, if this were if this was ten games into the season, would it sit better with you to just wipe it out? I think I think I could live with it a little bit better. Again, Dave, you know, but again, let's think about this logically. If this thing lasts twelve months, right? Whenever it started, if it lasts twelve months, or even if we're nine months down the line and we're thinking, right, we're starting to come out the other end, might you just wait and like pick up the season at the same date the following year that you left off? Might that just be what you do? So Jeez. for me, it's it's a matter of timing as well. It's a matter of what time of the year or what time of the season, whether it be this season or next season, more likely next season, we are at when we're able to get football back up, up and running again, which will determine what the best outcome will be. Like I say, if they're looking at, okay, okay, we can get football back up and running kind of maybe December time, do we do a whole pile of like World Cup qualifiers and shit like that? And then do we pick up this season in maybe March where we get left off? Then do we like finish the season slightly early and then stick the Euros in there, but be able to give people an extended Don't, for, don't break. forget the World Cup's going to be mid-season also, Dave, which is so another maybe, spanner. You yeah, know? but but maybe, but again, maybe it, maybe it, if if we do it that way, like finish this season over two seasons, do do we then allow ourselves to make room for? these sorts of things and make it a little bit more manageable when it comes to AFCONs and World Cups and Cup Americas and things like that and kind of rebalance the equilibrium sort of thing and spread the games out a little bit more. So for me, it's very much dependent on on the time frame that the scenario and the situation we're in lasts as to what the best solution will be. Because the solution in a month's time will be very, very different from the solution in three months, which will be different from the solution in six months, nine months, 12 months, etc. So this is going to be a movable feast, and we can speculate all we want right now, but the fact remains that until we get an estimated end to this bizarre semi-apocalypse we're living right now, we just don't know what the best, the best outcome for football will be. That's completely fair, Dave. I I couldn't even put a, a counterpoint to it because there's there's no evidence that you're wrong, <laughs> and and I think that this is, this is the world that we're in at the moment, Beryl. Yeah, I'm but keep... we don't know. We we sit we could sit down and we could say right, see if it finishes and see if see if this is all sorted out by the end of May. Here's what we'll do. Here's the mm-hmm. best solution. Or and then we'll do you know what we'll sit down and then we'll have another hour long conversation about if it's if it's, if we're sorted out by the end of July, this is what we'll do, and so on and so forth. And at the minute, we've no fucking idea. Nobody has any idea. So to me, the solution to getting football back up and running is getting this thing sorted out as best as everybody can. And then once we have an estimated timeline on where we're going to be, it's that the, the, the solution will be determined by that as opposed to us determining a solution. Okay, I want Beryl, I'll bring you in um, because I'm, you might have a differing opinion on that. Um, but, you know, just more or less, how would you like to see this? Where would your priorities be if we get to a point where we can recommence football? Maybe maybe that's an, a better way of putting it. Dave has, has dissected me pretty well there. Um, and, and I think I'll change tack <laughs> after that. You know, assuming we can get this under control, how would you like to see this resolved? I think everybody would like to see this resolved by, you know, uh, ending what we started. And uh, it, it would be 
really nice if if the cure were uh, available tomorrow and we could start playing uh, really playing at, the, at April the sixth. But that doesn't seem very realistic. So um, and and so it doesn't really seem realistic that we can start playing at uh, April sixth uh, anyway. There has been a a, a conference. I'm, I'm assuming it was a video conference, but uh, by the UEFA and and. Uh, uh, or uh, lots of FAs uh, across Europe, I believe. And and what they have done is is postpone the Euros uh, for a year, uh, which gives um, the space hypothetically hypothetically, of course. It is it is because Beryl, you're going to have the you know potentially now the Euros and then the middle of the next season. Like two, it's 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 two international tournaments within like about eight months. Yeah, yeah, but one is FIFA and others UEFA, and UEFA wants their money, and FIFA wants their money, and especially so uh, because they they have agreed to play it in in Qatar, in in this tiny place with uh, in a city uh, essentially with lots of but they've lots of stadiums. Money. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that that's 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 how they got it, uh, you know. Uh, presumably, I'm I don't want to get into into a legal uh, problem here. Uh, so yeah, that, that, that's that's things that, that that need to be determined as well. But you know, but the 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 ideal outcome would of course be that we can play out this uh, season uh, that we started. It may be that, that uh, that's too optimistic, and and uh, you know, uh, not not only that is the only thing we uh, uh, is we can't keep doing as we uh, have been doing until so far. So it might be that we need to end this this season. Alas, uh, unless you're uh, you're Karen Brady or or, or uh, I I believe the other one was 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 Tottenham, so it might have been uh, what's his name Levy. Um, there were two clubs who wanted to just uh, annul uh, the season and say uh, that it never happened. Uh, essentially, I think it, it but, speaks more of of where, where West Ham see themselves at the moment. Yeah, I think it, it speaks volumes in that. It's, it's yes. It's, our last it's said Leon sad. predictably said the same thing. Uh, who, who did? Is it Jean Michel? Our last at at, oh, at Leon, yeah. the Leon president, as as they languish in twelfth in the in Ligue 1 or whatever it is, he said exactly the same thing. So it just goes to show that these guys don't really give a fuck, and they're just in it for themselves. No, yeah, well, well, you know, you're probably going to say something like that, but you know, something, someone like Karen Brady, it's, it's you, know, you, you can't take someone seriously if they, if, if you know, if you, essentially, this is a sports, you know, you, you can, you can. Uh, and she's been in and around this sport for a long since she was a well, teenager, but, and that's that's the part of things about that, that, yeah. that sort of strikes. They must be so fearful of going down with a re- re- resumption because she knows football, the girl. You know, there's no two ways about it. She, she's absolutely doesn't have the the, the sports mentality. There, there is something like you know, if if you lose and and the uh, and your opponent has won uh, the battle um, fair and square, then you then there's only one thing to do if you if you have um, you know if you know what the spirit of sports is, and, and that is to accept your defeat. And 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 it it I know it's just words, but you know the, the words. Uh, may the best uh, man or woman, you know, win, uh, and it needs to mean something. I think, and 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 I think everyone, including our our nearest rivals, will will accept that uh, a team that has um, amassed a 25 point lead 
or let's make a 22 point lead um you know if if you account for the fact that uh, that uh, Manchester City had had played one uh, game less uh, in in 29 games then you are uh, and and you're not nine games away from from the end of the season then then it's clear that you are uh, the winner if the race cannot be continued from that point on so you know, no, no one in their right mind would 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 say that uh, that if if we need to cancel this this uh, or you know end this season from now on that Liverpool doesn't deserve to be crowned champions. But the problem is, of course, um, the other spots o- o- that aren't that clear. You know, the relegation spots. Yeah, uh, that the, that brings in a whole legal world as well, uh, Beryl. That's the problem. Uh, they're probably trying to deal with. And so the other option is probably still the option they 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 all favor, even if the games are played out without um, uh, without uh, spectators, which it's you know it's 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 ludicrous in another way, but still. So yeah, if you ask me, what, what would you want? And I think everybody would want the same: is you know just end this, uh, not just just finish this this uh, season by playing out the games that are left. But if that's not possible, I think it's it's it would be fair to to give us the title. Um, but it, it would it would be it would be bitter to, to get it in that way because you know we 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 were going to to smash that record. Uh, I, I'm I'm still convinced. And it's 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 you know if you think about it, you know after 30 years we were finally going to win uh, a title again, and then. You know this this kind of idiocy. You know this kind of the trials of a Liverpool fan are never it's, easy. You know you you could joke about you know, meteorites uh, <laughs> hitting hitting Earth just you know before the final whistle, but this is yeah this this comes clear this comes very near that you know uh, uh, funny. Uh, fantasy you could have about yeah. that. It's 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 yeah, crazy. This is a, a more a more slow and painful outcome, however. It's funny, Gab Marcotti actually watched him as ages ago too, and just when it sort of became clear like we were running away with it, and he, and he and he wouldn't declare Liverpool the winners of the Premier League because it was mathematics. And what he said was unless Jurgen Klopp's abducted by aliens, little did he know what was coming. <laughs> If there was any, if there was any season to be like a ridiculous amount of points ahead, then this is the one. You know, this is this is the season that you want. You wanted to be a million points ahead because you're looking at it now, and the one question around all of elite football at the moment that does not need answered is who should win the Premier League title? Who should get top four? Who should get relegated? Who should get in the Europa League? Who's going to win the Champions League? You can add all those questions across all the other top five, top five leagues and beyond, and probably throw the the title winner in there as well as an as an very very undetermined outcome. If you look at Italy, for example, Germany, for example, you know these 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 leagues are so tight at the top. You have three of them right up there. Inter, albeit a little bit farther behind now after Juventus beat them, and I think the last game that was played. Lazio is still up there. That that that's, that league is far from over. But the, the one question around Europe that doesn't need answering is, is who's won the Premier League because it's us and everybody's going to recognise it's us. And it's probably going to be the one in undisputed fact from where football is at this very moment in time as we press pause. Mm, interesting. Beryl, just 
you know, we'll have you on the pod and you're, you're, you're there in, in Holland. And I'm just curious. Oh, fuck. Netherlands. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to call Hollanda from here on. Oh, fuck uh, it, Dave. <laughs> well, you know, we, we saw the cues for Wade to take it. Nobody's really concerned about football in Holland at the moment. But, you know, what, what, what would be the, you know, I know Ajax are generally the team that wins the league there. What would be the Dutch? Because you're generally Dutch people are very level headed and, and so on around decision making. Certainly the people that I know, the Dutch people that I know would be very much like that. And uh, what, what's, what's the feeling in the Netherlands at the moment about football? Does it even matter uh, how they see their league resolved? Is it even a burning issue? Ajax was far ahead, but they're not anymore. They're at a level with, uh, with uh, AZ Alkmaar. And, and the team in form is, is, of course, my team, Feyenoord. Um, uh, with Dick Advocaat uh, uh, at the helm, he, he took over from Jaap Stam and he, uh, he, he, he you know, just kept on winning and we're uh, six points behind the league leaders now. So the, the, the league hasn't been, uh, it, it, it's, it's not determined at all. But, you know, if you ask me, do people care about that at this point? <laughs> but no. Nobody cares about it. You know, probably the Ajax fans are, are happy that, that that they have a, um, a breathing period. No pun intended. But uh, players that are out of form or injured can can uh, get into form and, and and be not injured. But I don't think anyone is at this point thinking about football anymore. You know, we we Liverpool fans probably the most disgruntled about the fact that we can finish this league. There's a lot of emotion thrown in there, Burrell. There's, oh, a lot, there's 30 I, years of baggage yeah, yeah, trailing yeah. behind this, you know. Me too, man. I I, I, I feel that weight on, on my shoulders, uh, you know, not that I have any responsibility for it, but, but even we uh, have started to get the, the grasp of the relativity of, of, of even that, you know, and, and 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 Dave is right. It's 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 a good thing that we're so far ahead. Nobody can dispute this. Nobody in their right minds, you know. If you're not carrying Brady, then you wouldn't dispute this. I don't think any right-minded uh, Man United or Man- Manchester City fans would 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 say that we didn't deserve this uh, this this league. But it's bad luck for for humanity. But you know, especially so for us, <laughs> uh, you could say. But here in the Netherlands, you know, everybody is is. In, in shock because um, in a week's time we we have uh, we are essentially in a lockdown not not really melted down basically society starting to melt yeah it's not well it, it, society doesn't melt in that sense that you know people are still you know we, we still work uh, and, and some of us work from home I'm thinking more along toilet paper cell <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that that's the most idiotic thing I've I've seen as if that's the essential thing to survive. You know, <laughs> there is such a thing like, as water. I, I was talking to a Brazilian girl this morning who said, why are they buying toilet paper in Europe? Because like diarrhea isn't a symptom of this. <laughs> well, even if it was. Well, it's because everybody's shitting themselves, Dave. <laughs> uh, got to laugh. <laughs> no, no, I, this was something I read about some uh, someone who worked in a, in, in a supermarket in, in Germany. And that people were angry that they are still they were still uh, selling uh, you know Chinese food uh, items etc. Uh, but but at the same time we're buying Barilla uh, pasta you know uh, that was coming straight from straight in from 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 Italy. It's 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 strange um, how people think in in times like these. But 
uh, even for me, it's I, I miss football because uh, you know I like football, but uh, there's something else about it that yeah, if even football isn't isn't uh, isn't going isn't continuing, it, it it really shows you, it really exposes the fact that society has come to a a, a real halt, um, and you know it's. For some people, slowly they're slowly realizing it, and other people have been realizing it for a while. But it's 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 really strange times, really interesting times, as the Chinese would say. Mm. Meanwhile, in South America, we kick on crowdless, but the games continue. I'm I'm having to watch Brazilian football, Beryl. I, I understand you're missing football because I've lost track of what day it is because football dictates. I I normally watch Brazilian football whenever it's our close season, or if there's no international tournaments on. Um, but I've started, I've taken to watching Brazilian foot just to keep my week. Don't get uh, used to it. Don't get used to it, Dave. You'll okay, not be watching never, that much for much longer either. Oh, no, I won't be. Uh, well, I wouldn't get used to it anyway, Dave. It's, it's the most appalling product you ever watch. Um, for that reason, I don't bother normally and I only watch it in the off season. But there's, you know, you, you talk about places burying their head in the sand. I, there's a church beside me full at this moment in time. We had a rave here for 30,000 people in town um, last week. Nobody here gives an absolute, they're all worried about dengue still. Now, it's changed a little bit in the last couple of days, but you know where, where I am, I'm, I'm staying put. We have a lot of tourists coming and going. I, I just went lockdown because there's not a great, uh, nobody believes that football will stop here. That's that's another thing. Nobody. There's not one sentiment. The, the, you know, when you have a, a president, I suppose, that we do have claiming that it's all fake news, uh, and, well, the, the, the national broadcaster kind of broke rank with them on Sunday night and, and did a five-hour special on it. But I, I'm in a world here where nobody's taken this seriously. And it's funny, until- Dave, you say that, Dave, because, you know, even here in Europe, a lot of people would have said it's never going to come to that. A week ago, 10 days ago, I would have said it's not going to come to this. And then to- My disappointment, and then- Dave, my disappointment is that, you know, I'm... Th- I'm three weeks ahead of the curve to, to the, the average person because I follow European news and world news, and most people here don't. And just how, how casually they discount you whenever you, you start informing them of why you're taking the action that you're taking. And, so, you know, it'll, ah, dengue fever is much worse. Well, it's not. Um, and they're about to find that out. The problem is, and the real, the, the most heartbreaking point about it is, everybody is saying to me, oh, last year we lost 800 people with dengue. And until that's, and this sounds awful, but my feeling, my gut feeling at the moment is until we surpass 800 deaths in this country, nobody's going to take it take it in any way seriously. It was 800 people in the whole country? Yes. That was a particularly it, well, bad year last year. Right. It well, put it doubled. this way. It's, it's not going to take long for it to pass 800 deaths. No, it's not. There's 200 million people here who are raving, who their president is, is showing them the example of going in the street and hugging and kissing. He was actually crowd surfing on Sunday. The man is a fucking moron. Um, you talk about Boris Johnson, Dave. I'm, I'm talking a different level of fucking moron. Um, well, this was Trump as well. So Trump was uh, promoting social no, distancing the other day as he, stood on stage, as he stood on a stage crammed with as many people as he could fit on it. They're literally shuffling past each other to get to the microphone. It was absolutely absurd. Our president had it. Then he didn't have it, then he did have it, then he didn't have it again. But they were very kind. They rang Fox News in America to keep everybody in for... Uh, you, 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 and, and that's what's wrong the country, you know, uh, and, that, and that's my fear. And my fear is there isn't a great deal of law and order here to begin with. 
But so when the truth comes out and it starts to unravel, it's deep shit. And as you know, I tried to get home this week. Not a chance in hell. So I'm stuck with it. Um, yeah. So, so let's uh, look at the positives, right? Yeah, let's, yeah, look let's look get away from that shit. Um, so here's here's some positives. I've been trying to... I generally am like a glass half full sort of a guy. So here we go. So let's talk about the players who may never actually play for Liverpool again. Well, got Adam Lallana straight off the bat. Dave, um, this is going to make you really happy. We did hear some of the names coming out of this. So Adam Lallana is likely played his last game for Liverpool. And I, I, I've got off his back recently, Dave, to be fair. He has, he has been useful. Yes, the last four or five weeks of the last five years or however long it's been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, don't get me wrong. I'm happy to see the back of him, but I, I will give him credit where it's due. Yeah, well, um, it appears it appears that why is Dejan not number one on the fucking list of those going? I was going to finish with him, Dave. He was going to be the crescendo. We're looking for good news here, Dave. Let's start with a real positive stuff. Okay, all right. So, so Dejan Lovren, and there's there's talk out there. There's a number of clubs that are that are bidding for him for for around about eighteen million pounds. Now, I don't know ching, what the market's gonna, I don't know what the market's going to look like when we come out of this, but eighteen million pounds for Dejan Lovren. Off the wages, this you know, this has got to be good news, everybody. Yeah. Well, well, the first two, Dave, you're talking Absolutely. about substantial wages. I'll let Beryl go on it, but the first two you mentioned there, probably the two most substantial wages that will be losing this season. He got a new contract two years ago, right, or one year ago. But yeah, I, I think I think Dejan, I I like him as a person. I think he would be good crack to you know to uh, he he's, he's probably. As long as you're nowhere near the penalty area, yeah, you some crack. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 it's great when he's not in the pit sort of thing. It's a bit like that goalkeeper who used to play for Barcelona. Do you remember? Your man Pinto. And apparently was absolutely... As part of Benjamin crack, Mendy. Uh, yeah, apparently like his crack was absolutely yeah. 90. And uh, they were like, oh, you can't get rid of him. He's brilliant. Everybody loved him. Because you've got to remember as well, You know, I think that we judge a player by what we see on a football pitch in 90 minutes, but these guys, you know, these guys have to, you know, basically live in each other's pockets. They're training with each other all the time. They're eating with each other all the time. Um, they're sitting in, in team meetings and tactics meetings and stuff with each other at the time. And they spend, they spend as much time as you would spend with, with people in your workplace, probably more because they're such a close tight knit group of, you know, it is such a social, a social environment to work in. So, we're looking at it from all. Oh, we're glad. We're glad Lovren's gone, and we're glad Lallana's gone. But the other thing that we don't see is that imagine if imagine if someone put like two key members out of your social circle. You know, if someone just left the two of your really key members out of your social circle. You know those. You know those guys. The two or three guys you always hope are out. If there's te- if there's five of fifteen of you going out, you always hope those two guys make it. How did you cope when I left, Dave? <laughs> With great difficulty <laughs> and social readjustment, Dave. Um, Didn't resist. Yeah, but you know what I mean. So you know, I I don't know. I don't know what that's. I don't know what effect that will have on the squad. I'm sure they'll get over it, so to speak. But you know, it's a strange one. Um, I think I think um, Beryl is right. I think Lauren is seems incredibly popular. Um, and the same might even be be true for Lalana. Yeah. yeah. And 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 this might be why they lasted so long because you know they they didn't always you know Lalana couldn't contribute on the pitch because he was uh, he was injured most of the time. 
um, and and I think Klopp likes him. Not 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 enough to you know even if he were uh, not injured and totally in form, I don't I don't think he would warrant a, or a Klopp would think he would warrant a, a, a team in the first eleven. But he, he clearly rates him uh, at a certain level, and he clearly rated. Uh, Dejan Lovren as well. So, uh, you know, Dejan seems like uh, someone, you know, everybody has a mate, you know, if he, if he has a couple of beers that he he proposes to do something really stupid and, and, and you just go along to see him do that stupid thing and, 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 and laugh about it. But you don't want that on the pitch uh, in in a professional football team, probably. So he, he strikes me like someone who, who does things like that. And uh, so I think uh, I, I know uh, Salah is, is is a great fan of him. People seem to like him. And so he, he will probably be missed as a person. But, you know, you don't know who comes in back. And Sacco was... Yeah, you can have big characters coming in as well, Beryl, to, yeah, to replace yeah. those and cause a new dynamic. I think that's worth saying. Yeah, and, and, and you know, Sacco, Mamadou Sacco was, was very popular as well. And he, he, he was a fun guy as well. But um, Klopp didn't like him, uh, not not as a person, probably. And, Jürgen uh, didn't find him much fun. <laughs> no, he was. Yeah, and I think I think that is, that is, when you talk about a freshening of the squad, you know, people use that term an awful lot. And I think that applies far more off the pitch than it does on the pitch. It's not about a freshening of, oh, here's a different sort of football that we've just chucked in. Do you feel that athletic, that athletic result, Dave, as well, lends itself to, to freshening of the squad and the value of it? I, I, I saw a side that could use a couple of maybe fresh faces to buck up ideas. Yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, I, I've... I've Mentioned how impressed I was with the team. And how I don't want that to sound too negative, Dave, because it was a brilliant performance and we've done amazing things, but I want to keep doing amazing things. Yeah, I think, you know, I think there is an argument there. I think certainly we've had, I think what we've had is a, we've had a good, long, hard look at a, a squad over nearly two full seasons um, and just what they're capable of and what each individual player is capable of. Um, be it talent-wise, mentality-wise, or even availability and fitness-wise, to make a real judgment. Um, it's not often you see a team operating at that level with such consistency in the playing squad. You know, the the school of thought, as it is with all of football, is spend money and that will bring you success. Um, so teams are always looking to go and buy the next big thing and, reinvest and sell someone on whereas we did what is very unusual these days and we quote unquote stood still is what the term a lot of people were using so what that's given us is that's given us a massive sample size of a lot of these players um, far more than you would normally get from a standard football club like you look at the inconsistency at the like of Manchester United even even Manchester City, you know, um, there's been a massive yeah, thing. Can, can I be really callous for a moment and heartless? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, Dave. That is, that keep, is your, keep, your general nature. I know. It is my forte. I know. Um, and my strength. Listen, we could have been the cutest whores in the world by not spending anything last summer because football, the bubble might just be bursting, Dave. And all of a sudden, we're going to be looking at a little more realistic prices and our marketplace all of a sudden is a little bit more affordable. And our actions of 12 months ago, unbeknown to ourselves, could work out very nicely for us. 
maybe so, but again, the market then will change for everybody, you know, and, and it's a kind of like the housing market. Um, that's all well and good, but... Yes, but it you know, allows you to look a little, a little bit further up the housing market, and you're, you know, you're looking yeah. at top players for what you were projecting to spend. All of a sudden, your projected spend becomes an awful lot more valuable. Potentially, but then the the other aspect of that is, <laughs> players are still going to want the same wages as was happening before this, and those wages all of a sudden, though the transfer fees might have come down, those wages all of a sudden look a lot more expensive. You know that that. That £150,000 a week almost looks like £200,000 a week or £250,000 a week now. Uh, and we don't know how. And again, these guys are going to be, these guys are all going to be looking at this. How, how does this affect the income and the revenue stream of the football club? We just don't know. How are the businesses that sponsor, sponsor all of these little partnerships that we've got going on? How are the businesses that, that sponsor us? And then inject money into the club going to be affected by that? And how does that knock-on effect impact us? We just don't know. So there's a lot of considerations to be made here. And we're not going to know. And we're going to do things in the transfer market. And we're going to complain about them like we always do. And But we're not going to know the intricacies and the finer detail behind why financial decisions have been made. Because, listen, it's just, it's just us three on a podcast. Three guys who get up in the morning and go to work and you know try and look after the people that we Speak care to yourself about with and, the work and or, or and work well, yeah, from home and <laughs> yeah and 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 we and we love and we love football and and we want to see our team do well but we don't understand how the fucking footy 100 affects how, what liverpool play what liverpool pay virgil van dijk for a appearance bonus you know, we don't we don't understand all that. That's what these guys who own us are paid to do, and that's what they do really, really well. So, I think on the point of pressing in the squad, I think it'll be I think it'll be good to inject new a new lease of personality into that squad that maybe hasn't been there before. Guys that guys that want to come there and win, and just to just to give that squad that lift again. Is I know you guys have done it. You know, the likes of you know, Werner's been thrown about a lot, but you want Timo Werner to come in there and have a little bit of leadership and a little bit of responsibility and say, look, I, I know you guys have won stuff and I know you guys have this league title kind of thing and you've won the Champions League, but I'm here to win as well. And, and I know you guys want to win more. So come on, let's fucking do it and I'll help you do it. And just give everybody that little... You know that little that little injection of um, oh shit, and, man, this might be might be in jeopardy here. I need to kick on. Oh, That's what I'm looking for. Maybe that, but I, I don't. I don't even think it's playing for the place. It's playing for the common goal of of being successful as a group. And I I I get that sense from that team is they want to win things as a group. It's not about I want to play. Every player wants to play football. Nobody wants to be sitting on the bench, but they want they want to achieve something as a team. And that is. A key aspect of, of why there is why a key aspect of why there was no recruitment last year as well. So that for me will be interesting and introducing new dynamics in there. But I think the squad, the season is as good as over. Let's be honest. So I think it it is worth discussing what we think ins and outs will be and who's potentially whose Liverpool career has prematurely now ended. So we've got those two names. The, the couple of others that that kind of jump out at me are. Are, are certainly Origi and and Shikiri. Yep, I think you're you might be right on both counts. Origi is Origi, and we all love him. And we all know why we love him because he's. What about Adrian? 
again, just I don't, just to I, be a devil. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think the really interesting, the really, really, really interesting one is is Nabi Kaida. Oh, that's another one. Where are think, you? Where, where are you? Because I don't think we've spoken to you about Nabi uh, uh, on these pods. And and, and you know what? You know, you know something. I don't disagree with Dave that he could be a potential. I, I think I think he's a great player. I think there's a great player in there. I just don't think it's worked for us. But w- would he be one that you'd be looking rid of? I wouldn't be looking to get rid of him actively, but I, I could understand if if um, Liverpool or even of the pl- if the player would think uh, it hasn't worked out and I need to go somewhere else and and look if I can find my feet, uh, so to say, be- because. You know, I, I watched him uh, in Germany, and he was he was sensational. You know, um, me too. Uh, and, I, and I'm wondering where that player is. We've seen flashes of it, but never never a consistent time of it. For me, uh, the question mark around him is about availability. And uh, the the that's the only question mark, Dave. Absolutely, I think he's a fantastically talented footballer, and he was not brought in to be a bit part player. He was brought in to be a cornerstone in that midfield. Um, could, could we maybe was, box him off, Dave? In that if the right money offer, which is highly unlikely, were to come for him, we would let him go. And I think that's more of a possibility. But I don't see us, you know, I don't think we're, we're, we're actively looking to get rid of him. I don't know. Three years remaining on the contract and he could come good just as easy as he's been. Uh, now, he's missed a lot of football in two years. There's no two ways about it. And he's never got he's never got a consistent run. You know, as, as Neil Patterson says, it's always the seventh game. He breaks down, that's it over. And he's looked. You know, taking a couple of games to get in, then he looks fantastic, then he breaks down. Something that you know, uh, probably something does have to give. But I, I think if if we're talking twelve months and you know, wind the clock forward twelve months, I think it's more valid then. He did start in the first eleven at the new Camp uh, instead of Henderson, if you remember, and 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 then again he broke down. But what concerns me most is that he doesn't get the ball when he needs to get the ball and and that that you know is an indication of that the team that maybe doesn't trust him with the ball and do you think uh, that's down to Firmino in any way Beryl because I, you know I agree could, with what it, you say and it I it could I, be down it could be down to the fact that the players don't get to play with him enough in the side to really understand what he does and where he plays and how he can influence a game. And relationships on the pitch are built over time and they're built over having consistent games back to back to back to back to back. And this is something that he hasn't been able to provide and it's hindered his, it's hindered his game and it's hindered others around him being able to get the best out of him, I think. But that, that might be due to the fact that he his his body, you know, and and this is, you know, I, I'm, I'm really speculating here, but that, that, that he isn't up to the intensity we have to play in. Uh, it, you know, it, it, when I look at him, I, I'm, I was in awe of his, his, his passing. He's in, if he gets the ball and he, he always, uh, delivers it in a, in a way I think is very constructive. And, and this is something that uh, no other player in our selection of players, uh, has. Because passing is something, we, we, as a team, we do very well. But we don't have any players who can do something that you don't expect them to do. Uh, you know, in in uh, in relation to uh, passing, I think. But um, but he always makes me nervous as well because he does seem to be not physical enough. He he he's not. He does doesn't seem to be quick enough or strong strong enough. 
Um, and, and this is a part of our, our game. Uh, the, the physicality is, and, uh, is, is a part of that intensity. And, I, he, he, and he might break down because he has broken down a, a lot of times. He might break down because he, he isn't up to that. Because he, he, was, he wasn't uh, injured very, uh, very often uh, at Leipzig, if I remember well. Certainly, the season I watched, Beryl, he was he was ever present. I think he was he was left out at times for Europe and so on, uh, but he was ever present in that Leipzig side. So yeah, uh, but but you know, I I I can certainly understand if that that there that there are um, question marks behind his name. I, I think I certainly think he is he's uh, he's a player that is misunderstood by by. Uh, by you know by by Liverpool at, at least you know the Twitter Liverpool <laughs> that I can yeah, uh, can see. You, you actually need to see see it, to have seen him at full flight at Leipzig to appreciate the player that he actually is. Dave, what about have you any youngsters on your list? I'm curious. Um, any Curtis Joneses or I'm talking about Grujic. I'm talking about what's the other Harry Wilson. So Gruita, so so Gruita, I haven't seen enough of. I don't know. Um, by all accounts, he is playing in a really, really, really awful hurt of Berlin side. So it's a difficult. They're they're both it, players that have played for the first team, Dave. So therefore, was that their last, their first and last games for Liverpool? Yeah, I think I think Gruita is a difficult one. I I don't know. I I. Dice he gets nine. a lot applauded, so Dave. Like if you if you use Twitter as your medium, you would think there was a world beater in there. Yeah, this but this is a guy who's the the best midfielder at West Ham, sort of thing, you know, and not probably not even. Do you feel as a fan base we we struggle to realise that the, the 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 quality of player that we now need to 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 achieve what we're achieving because I think there's an element of that out there. You know, we're not shopping in mid at, 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 on the mid tables anymore. We're we're at the very very top table of the market for for you know, our potential. You know, kids who are projected, you'll you'll find the odd one, the Andy Robertson and whatnot. But I think where our squad is now and the adjustments that need they need to be high quality. I think people still misunderstand the sort of players that that Jurgen Klopp values and. On Kaida, Kaida is the epitome of a Jurgen Klopp footballer. He can do everything. He has everything in his locker. He can win the ball. He can pass. He can create. He can work between the lines. He's, you know, physical to a degree. Um, he's quick and skillful. And he's great going forward and going backwards and can play a variety of different positions. And that is the sort of player that we buy. And that is the sort of player that, that we, we want. And it's not necessarily buying a position, you know, it's not going to buy a midfielder or a striker. It's buying a skill set. And Klopp will look for a footballer that has a certain skill set to play a certain position. And if you look across our, our team, it's so unorthodox. It's so unbelievably unorthodox. Right from the goalkeeper to, to the front players. Firmino's the most unorthodox number nine you will ever see. Salah and Mane, you know, Salah was this winger that hugged the touchdown and all of a sudden he's, he's, he's actually a number nine, but he's a right winger, but he's an inside forward, but we're not really sure. Mane does everything, as plays as a 10 you know, he plays, he can go outside. And if you look at the, like, you know, Wijnaldum's, Wijnaldum's the perfect example. 
you know, Klopp looked at Wijnaldum and went, I know what I can do with him, whatever the fuck I want, because he has all of the skills. Bobby Firmino, the same, to be fair, Dave. Yeah, I think Wijnaldum is always, is, always my, is always my template for this. He can do it all. He can do everything. And that is the sort of player that we go out and buy. And Naby Keita was, was that player. He was that player. And we will go out and we will buy a player that, that people look at and go, what? Where do you it. think the, the links to Kai Havertz come in and all this? Because I see we've been linked again. Again, Havertz could do a number of, of different but, things. But, but you know, I'm thinking along the lines of your, you know, the insinuation that there may be a parting of company with with Naby Keita. I'm not suggesting it's going to be that. That's just a suggestion. It, do you think a Kai Havertz fills that void? Or could you could happen? From the little that I've seen of Havertz, he's a bit more of a forward-thinking player than that. If you were going to go and buy him, he, do you think he's the one that Klopp adapts to the front three? Possibly, he, he, he would be a Firmino uh, backup, I think, or yeah. you know, or replacement in in in, in due time. Yeah, that 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 sort of. I agree, Burrell. I think that's sort of the sort of the kind of player that he looks like. But we're trying to compare skill sets, and it's so so difficult because with Liverpool signings, we 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 misunderstand so many of them. Um, you know, we raise our eyebrows at so many of them. Right down to Mane. Remember, we bought Mane, and we were like, "What the fuck? Thirty million for like, Sadio Mane? Do you, do you remember?" And yeah, I remember. <laughs> you know, we were all going, but he was decent, Dave. He was decent, I, but he wasn't. And that's what he I, was. He was decent, and we were going thirty million for your man from Southampton, who's decent. What is the crack with us? And then there was the whole Southampton again. Southampton, Southampton again. Southampton again. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then all of a sudden we're going, fuck me, that's Sadio Mane, unbelievable, isn't he? Uh, they, remember they do said you remember he was, how he started against Arsenal? It was Oh my God, one of the <laughs> best incredible. goals I've ever seen. And, you know, this is, yeah, we're maybe, you could say yeah, we're, shop, we're shopping in a new, a new bracket here or, or whatever, but are we actually, are we? I, I don't. I don't necessarily oh, just agree. the price inflated to, to to give that appearance. I don't. I don't know. Maybe maybe instead of getting our 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 second or third choice, we get our first choice player now, and maybe that comes with a little bit more. But I don't think necessarily our first choice player is like a Kylian Mbappe or a Kai Havertz or a probably like a Werner seems to fit the bill. But again, he's he's uh, highly in demand right now. Like one player I look at and I think. If we could get him, I'm sure we'd buy him. It's like Mateo Kovacic at Chelsea. I think he's exactly the sort of player that, that we would look at. You're, you're a long time admirer, Dave, to be fair. I am because I see so much. Even of before what, he went to Chelsea, you were you were raving about him. Yeah, but even so much of what he does, he so reminds me of Wijnaldum. It's all, he just, he has everything. He's absolutely everything. He can do everything. Uh, and he is a bit kinda like in that way, where he he can break play up, and he's he's so skillful. Do you know what he reminds me of? Boban reminds me of Boban. Yeah, and he's and a hard we hard we feck as well. He see he takes a knock well, you know. He stand up for himself. I I, yeah. I I like I really like him as a player. And that 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 Milan side that that Milan side was kind of similar to ours, where they had those midfielders that were just kind of all. Do you remember that the four? It was like a four four two, but the midfielders were all kind of like midfielders not really any kind of specific midfielder it wasn't like your wingers and your and your defensive midfielder and your attacking midfielder and you know your your number six and number 10 or whatever 
it was they were just all like person, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they were just all all midfielders of various different multiple skill sets, and that's that's the sort of that's the sort of thing that I think we look at. So I I I would be surprised I wouldn't be surprised if we're all surprised by people that we buy. Suppose is what I'm saying. Well, I I, I agree with that, but uh, uh, sorry, uh, Dave. Uh, um, but I, I I also think that there you know uh, I, I've mentioned this before, but there there is a law of diminishing returns. If you get higher up, and and uh, I I wouldn't say that we um, that we were shopping in a bracket we didn't want to shop in. But um, at the same time, we, we have reached such a level that being a backup for that level is something a player really needs to uh, have some, some uh, you know. Uh, elite qualities. Elite qualities. Yeah, that, you know, I, I was looking for words there. Vinaldum is, is a very good uh, example of, of a player who nobody thought could do the things that he's doing right now. He was seen as a as an uh, attacking midfielder that you know could could um, could do well for a club like Newcastle but in, now he is something very different he's not an attacking midfielder he's a very functional midfielder who who does who does everything and and he is he is the the glue that that holds uh, the and the team together in in some instances but what we need now is but it, it, uh, uh, to to finish that is uh, he he had two three years of time and coaching to to get to that level and and what we need now is players who can who can just get into that team and and do the things that he does as a backup or maybe even as an, as a replacement uh, right away and you know Kovacic is is is, is maybe a, a good good shout but there might be other players that that I'm not aware of or just not, not thinking about right now but uh, I I I think there is something to the argument that you need to find players that can slot in right away. And that's not the same bracket as finding a player from Newcastle that has just been relegated and you can work up to that level. Yeah, our starting point is completely different. Absolutely. You know, we're, we're, at the, we're at the top of the tree now. We're not, we're not striving to be there. In fact, we're yeah. completely at the top of the tree. And can I, can I counter use a little bit on that again? Just to go back to that point, I don't know why I didn't think of this earlier. Our most recent signing. Yes. You know he's. <laughs> In Amino. Yeah, he's, he hasn't been to the club lab. That's that's. I'm getting by on that thought. No, yeah, a hundred percent. But look at him. What is he? We don't really know where he plays. What is his best position? We don't really know. What, what, just, he, what he is at the moment, Dave, is a shadow of what played against us. Well, <laughs> yeah, because because he was playing in a team that he understood and a, a team that. Uh, he, oh no, he, granted, I'm I'm just saying he's, he's hardly had a had a wonderful absolutely, time absolutely, one hundred percent, and he will need time to adapt. But what he is is a very very talented footballer that isn't specifically anything. You know, he's not specifically anything really. And and Werner is that. Like I've watched him a few times this season, you know, least of all against Spurs. But he's not specifically anything really. He's just a really fast forward player, you know. He he pops up everywhere. He pops up in the left wing. He pops up in number ten positions. He, he clearly has forward, knife ball, Number you know. nine. He knows how to put the ball in the net. And you know he's all over the place. Um, but he's not a specific sort of skill set. And and I I feel that. That that is the type of player that we go for. And Beryl, when you're talking about diminishing returns, I I don't know if I, I I may have misunderstood what you said, but when you said it, I thought of the likes of 
there's certain players that are going to demand um, a certain transfer fee and a certain wage packet that will not represent value value for money for FSG. And what they will add to the squad, or sorry, the, the, the money that we will need to invest in that player will outweigh what they actually add to the squad. And that is not a position that I feel that these owners will ever allow themselves to get into. Um, I mean, you're talking about players that can slot right in. I kind of feel that those are those game-changing players, those Allisons and those Van Dykes that that are absolutely going to take this team up to another level. This team hasn't really got another level to go to now. It's about cultivation, I think. Uh, well, when we look back at this Atletico game, what we needed there was and you know, another is, level. Yeah, uh, a player that can do something on top of that. You know, as a team, we are the best team in the world at this point. Uh, still, we still are. And we, we showed that it was it was it was exhilarating. It was breathtaking. And I and, and Atletico's breath was taken. And but we just didn't finish it off. And that's, you know, luck was involved there, etc. that we talked about that. But, uh, you know, just uh, to, to, to talk about an example, not not Mbappe, but I think Jaden Sancho has some elite level um, qualities and is very young and and uh, and you you would have to pay over the odds for him uh, at this point well you know if we would imagine uh, everything would stay the same uh, money wise in, in the footballing world but yeah you know, let's just assume that for for argument's sake at this point um i think he would be worth paying over the odds for him because he would he would uh, help us because there is always another level. I think there is always another level. We, as a team, we are 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 the best. But maybe sometimes you need someone. Uh, Jaden Sancho maybe coming off the bench, barrel against yeah, Real Madrid. Well, that might have been it. Yeah, I, and and that's my, that's that's my own theory on it. That that's that's all fair. That is all fair, and and it's kind of ifs and buts. If if it's if 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 ifs and buts were candy and nuts and all that sort of thing, but. Again, this these, this ownership is, is far more forensic than that. And they will look at the statistic modeling of that game and they will look at it and go, 99 times out of 100, we win that game because that's what the stats say. And you're going to go, we played well enough to win that game. You know, we should have. And if anything... That's actually we, fair, yeah. That's absolutely yeah, fair. And, and, that, and that is, and, you know, I'm not trying to... This is not an opinion that I have. So would I love us to go out and buy Timo Werner and, and Jaden Sancho and another fucking absolutely belter centre half and another absolutely belter midfielder? And let's just go and buy Kai Havertz or like Jaden Sancho or something just for the crack, just to have them there, just so no one else can have them. You know, just be really greedy because I love that kind of fantasy football sort of thoughts. But in reality, you have to look at you have to look at the pattern of what we've done to get us to where we are now and the and and the types of owners that we have and. Yeah, but it's, it's a whole it's a whole other podcast, and I don't want to go too deep on. But I just want to make the point: we have been blessed with injuries in the front three for two seasons. We really have. And again, Dave, I, I will counter that point as I have done previously. With I do not think that that is necessarily a coincidence. Yes, we've been lucky; they haven't got an Oxley Chamberlain sort of injury. But the fact is, we Naby Keita aside, we haven't really invested in players that are not unbelievably robust and. It's not a coincidence across that squad that we have very few long-term injuries. 
you know, um, particularly at the, the level of intensity and physicality that we play at. I think it's part of the scouting process and I think it's part of the recruitment process. We have rambled quite a bit here. Uh, <laughs> I, I was wondering whether we would talk football at all or what football we would get on this podcast. And, I, and I'm delighted that we've actually managed to keep it mainly to, to, to football, given, given that. Um, I think at this point we'll leave it, guys. And um, just thank you both for taking the time in these heady days of... Uh, of madness to, to come on and speak to us. So fuck uh, off today, we just stuck in the house, Dave. Well, I know that. And, and to that end as well, um, you know, obviously, we don't, I don't think we have anything planned. Obviously, there's there's no football coming in the foreseeable future. So if if anybody thinks of uh, any ideas or if you would like us to do some retrospective stuff from seasons past or anything like that, I'll say I'm very much around the house doing dick all for the next while. So I, I could quite happily arrange maybe... To keep a couple of pods a week going, something along those lines. If you want me to do history, or do a history pod, or you know, any any subject you want us to cover, or you would like us to talk about farming, gardening, garden, yeah, um, well, garden, yeah, horticultural, horticultural <laughs> activities, yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, my speciality in actually cutting two liter bottles of coke into into planters. This is also a skill I've learned this week. Uh, the, the crazy times. But listen, on, on a serious note, guys, thank you so much for, for coming on. And to the listener, just, again, crazy times, heady days. Um, keep yourself safe. Keep yours safe, uh, especially the elderly. And who knows when we'll talk to you again. Hopefully it won't be, won't be, yeah. won't be too long. We'll have we'll have something to, to, to have a chat about. And uh, up our heads and down with the coronavirus. Yeah, Amen. wash your hands and look after your elderly neighbours. And, and stop buying bloody bog roll for Christ's yeah. sake. There's just no practice, diarrhea associated. <laughs> just practice general social responsibility would be good. Yeah, general um, social responsibility is always a good thing, let alone these times. So there you are. Just washing Mar- your hands. <laughs> Moral messages to end this podcast. Amazing. <laughs> Thanks again, folks. Good night. <laughs>